Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan. Delighted that you've joined us today. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steetalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Enlightened investors, today we explore the power of relationships in commercial real estate. Lennon Lee came to the United States with his family in 2009 due to the unrest in his home country of Venezuela. He took responsibility for investing his family's life savings in real estate to build a solid future for his parents and siblings. Alongside his investment partners, he has been involved in both as a limited partner and general partner in the acquisition of over 2,000 units of multifamily real estate with an approximate market value of $200 million. Lennon is the host of his own podcast show, Se Habla Real Estate, the first podcast in the Spanish language about real estate investing in the United States. Lennon, share a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be the person you are today. Hey, Alan, thank you for having me, first of all, and thank you to your audience for, for listening. Formative years, experiences, well, there's definitely a ton of them, more than a specific experience, I immediately think about how important growing up was for my family to teach us the value of having family first, right? And being there for your family, taking care of your family. Again, well, that's the biggest thing in my life. It's just family, right? So everything that I've done professionally and personally has with the value of family behind it. And then obviously, if we talk about the professional aspect specifically, the company that we've built and everything that we do in the real estate industry right now, it's built on the same value of family and trying to achieve the goals of financial and time freedom for our family. But also with that in mind, we build a company for my family and for my partner's family. But then from there, we started thinking about, okay, the value of partnerships and then building an extended family with all of our investors and partners and people that have helped us along the way. So if you want to maybe listen to one story specifically, I always talk about how my dad was initially married to this lady. He had two kids with her and then he divorced that lady and later got married to my mom. When I was born, all I had to see was this big family because there was no conversation about them being like another family and like we are a new family and issues or anything. It was like a big family, right? So I always saw in the movies or in the Latin America, we have the telenovelas, like all this drama around jealousy and this and that. And I, was, I always thought, well, that's what happens in the movies. I then later realized how valuable and how grateful I should be 
to grow up with values and with that image in my mind about what family should be, because I realized later that it wasn't the norm. You know, so that's something that I always carry with me everywhere I go. Excellent. Interesting beginning years. Well, you have this concept of never lose money. It is one thing, of course, to accumulate wealth and money. It is an entirely different thing to keep it. How do you keep your money? Yes, great question. The story when we moved to the United States, we bought a, a portfolio of properties here and I was managing it for my family, doing well property management and the whole property management aspect of the portfolio. But eventually we started moving to commercial real estate and deploying that capital passively into real estate syndications and all that. It was a concept that for my family and my mom and my dad, they were not familiar with it. They didn't know or understood that that was even possible, that they could be part owners of whatever, an apartment complex or, you know, one of these commercial properties. Enlightened Investors will be right back after this important announcement. I have a big ask that will only take a moment of your time. Ratings and reviews are the lifeblood of our podcast. So to leave a review, iPhone or other Apple iOS device users, go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. For all you non-Apple device users, go to podchasers.com. On either platform, search for Real Estate Investing Abundance. Once found, please leave a review and a rating. Subscriptions are also vital to our show's success, so please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. It is free to subscribe, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Since it was foreign to them, they basically said, well, we're going to trust you. You know, we've, we've always trusted you, so we'll let you take care of things. But the only thing I want you to know and want you to think about is don't lose my money, first of all. And then you can talk to me about returns and growing the capital and everything else. Because at this point, we basically made all the money that we were going to make. Don't lose it. Make sure that that's how you think about investing in the money. But that means for us, the investment philosophy that we have, it's very well rooted on that concept of capital preservation, right? Don't lose money. What that means for us is three things, really. The way we deploy the capital has to be into a cash flowing business. So cash flow first. Second, we use the right financing, which typically, not always, but typically, tends to be a long-term mortgage where basically you're not putting yourself in a position where you, at the middle of your business plan implementation, you are forced to sell the asset or refi maybe. And it's an environment where refinancing is not possible. So don't put yourself in that position. So the type of debt that we use, is very important. So long-term debt, cash flow, And the third one would be having enough reserve and raising enough capital upfront so that we don't depend on cash flow to be able to implement the business plan that we want to implement. In our case, we always do the typical business plan is going to be renovating the units and an apartment complex and raising rents and all that. The idea behind it is that if, and this happened a lot in 2008, a lot of people lost their properties because they didn't have the right debt and they were using the cash flow to implement the business plan and do the renovations and all that. What happens is that if you find yourself in a scenario like COVID or something like that, where cash flow is going to suffer, then you don't have the cash flow to implement the business plan. If you don't implement the plan, you can't really add value to the property. If you can add value to the property, you probably can't refi. 
And if you don't have the right debt in place, then you're done. You know, you, you lose the property and you lose money. So those are the, basically the three legs of the stool for capital preservation that we think about. Well, can you just give us an example? You've talked about the terms of cash flow and finance and structuring of the deal and being sure that you have the equity to execute the plan, which entails generally renovations, but you also have to have a reserve for emergencies, the roof blows off or whatever. And so you have to have all of those contingencies in place. Can you give us an example, a concrete example of what that would look like in terms of the structure of the deal, the percentage of equity to debt and the percentages of the reserves? Yeah. So for example, we just closed today actually on a 262 unit apartment complex in Houston in partnership with an amazing group of partners, operating partners is the first deal that we do with them. Anyway, we just closed on that deal, $25 million acquisition and the loan to value. So the debt that we have, it's at 75%. So we basically had to raise a total of 9 million, which includes the 25% of basically the down payment plus a million and a half dollars for renovations and reserves. So we are typically acquiring our properties at somewhere around 70. We've done up to 80% in one deal, but normally it's going to be at 70 to 75% loan to value. More than that, it's more than 80. You start getting into a territory, which is, it depends on the actual project. We're flexible, but we like to stay within our game plan, which is that one. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. As an industry-leading relationship-focused design-build construction firm, Mosaic Construction has worked in many different asset classes from multifamily to retail, medical, industrial, and commercial. Mosaic Construction works to execute interior and exterior renovations with their team of trades and project managers. Their experience with value-add improvements has resulted in increased ROI and long-term value of the assets. They work nationally in partnership with local trades to deliver thoughtful, problem-solving construction management solutions to all their clients. For a personal no-obligation consultation, call Ira Singer, 773-491-3145, or email Ira at mosaicconstruction.net. You can also find Ira on LinkedIn. So that's what we're raising. Depending on the size of the apartment complex, the number is going to vary, but we're typically investing somewhere around five to $8,000 per unit for the renovations. That includes interior renovations and exterior renovations. So we're typically looking at, yeah, roughly $8,000 per unit in terms of CapEx budget. How far can your reserves carry you? If your occupancy levels drop to say 60, 65%, how long could your reserves carry you? That's a great question. We typically like to have going into the deal at least six months. And you mentioned the occupancy. That's something that we like to always see what's the break even for our deals. And we're typically around 70% on average, which is, well, after COVID, we really saw how much of a safety net we do have. One of the craziest things that could have happened happened during COVID. And we really saw the economic occupancy in general of the deals drop down to, in the worst case scenario, across the portfolio in one of the properties, high 70s. But on average, we were on the mid 80s. So we're definitely at some 10% above our, or, or more 
above our break-even occupancy, which is a metric that we always tell investors they should think about and ask about. The debt, what kind of debt did you get? What were the terms on the debt, interest rates and the term? We're typically working with Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac right now for this deal. We got, for this last deal that we did, we got a 10-year term. It's a Freddie Mac loan loading rate, which, and it was, if I'm not mistaken, SOFR plus 249. Yes, SOFR plus 249. So, and SOFR at the moment, is, it was 0.01, meaning we're going into the deal at 2.5%. Oh, we, wow. Uh, definitely one of the best loan terms we've gotten across the portfolio was this one. 10-year term and four years interest only. So very happy about that. Part of the reason we were able to get that type of debt, it's because 100% of the units qualify as affordable by Freddie Mac standards. So they'd allow us to access basically the best rates and the best terms overall. Sounds like a really good deal and some good guidelines so that you can make it through surprises like the pandemic. Yes. Still stay afloat. So you've talked briefly about partners, that you do partners, and that's an important part of the business. Tell us about your partners. How do you find those? What makes a good partner? And what do you watch out for when looking for partners? Yes, great question. Partnerships are everything that we do, right? We are a little bit different from your regular, let's say, real estate investment or syndication company where they source their own deals, they raise their own capital for their own deals, and they might be present in different markets and maybe even in different asset classes, right? Maybe multifamily and they might do office or retail, whatever else. But I, I always say that before anything else, I'm a limited partner. And that's how my partner, Stoney, thinks about it as well. That's why we join forces because we are looking at everything that we do from the limited partner perspective. Because again, that's what we are first. That's how we started investing first as limited partners. So we figured, well, we definitely want to be multifamily for different reasons. That would be the main asset that we want to invest in. And we want to do the syndication model because for, again, at first as limited partners, we want to be passive and we want to create time freedom for ourselves and our families. Okay. So if that's what we want to do, how do we do it at the highest level? Well, the biggest risk in what we do in terms of the type of investments that we do, at least the controllable risk is going to be the execution of the business plan. Who's the team behind it and how well is the team prepared to execute the business plan? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Would you ever invest all your money in a single stock? Very unlikely. Yet investors are willing to risk $50,000 to $100,000 in a single property in real estate all the time. Avestor is the world's first customizable real estate investment platform. Investors can build their own custom portfolio selecting investments across multiple asset classes such as single-family homes, multifamily, student housing, self-storage, and shopping centers. You can also invest across multiple markets and different timeframes. Avestra also enables other real estate entrepreneurs and syndicators to build and use Avestra's infrastructure and cloud platform to create their own customizable real estate funds. To learn more, visit us at investorinc.com. Avestor, real estate investing made simple. So if that's the biggest risk, then you want to diversify. You don't want to invest only in Miami or only in Jacksonville, right? So everyone understands how to diversify across different markets, which is very important. And you might want to diversify across different asset classes as well. 
But then the biggest risk is the team. So how do you diversify across different teams? Well, you would have to build relationships and identify different companies and different sponsors to invest with, again, as a passive investor, right? So if that's going to be the biggest risk, and that's the most important thing, building relationships with different sponsors, we figure, well, we need to do it for ourselves and our families. Well, we know that there's other people out there, maybe like your audience and like, like a lot of our investors that they don't have the time, the interest, or the capacity even to identify and vet and analyze and build these relationships with different sponsors because that takes a lot of time and money and knowledge, obviously education to understand what to look for and how to identify deals and the whole thing. So that's basically why we built Pasivo. And what we do is because we've been in this industry for a few years now, we've built all these relationships with different sponsors that we have invested with directly. Now we are partnering up with them on the general partnership side. And we're basically building a sponsor team with them and putting all those deals in front of our investors. So basically we have, again, this network of operators out there sourcing deals. We're not actively sourcing deals ourselves. We're sourcing relationship with different sponsors. So they come to us and say, hey, we have this deal. Do you like it? Then we have our team of analysts. We do a third party underwriting. We analyze the deal, we do everything. And ultimately, if we decide that we're gonna invest as limited partners on that deal, then we say, well, let's become one. At that point, we become one with them and we are the sponsor team and we put it in front of our investors and their investors and everyone else. So it's the model that allowed us to ultimately bring better quality and more quantity deal flow to our investors, right? It's this partnership model. So with all that said, you also asked, about what makes a good partner and how do you basically how do you identify them right for us you have that, that typical right you want to do background check that you don't want them to have a criminal record and like the obvious stuff and then you can ask for the track records right and how well they've performed in the past and who's the team and you can do all the background check that's the typical stuff for me and for my partner we focus a lot on the personal side of things because ultimately you're getting married to these people for, well, depending on how long the deal is going to take, but roughly five to seven years, right? And at the end of the day, anyone can create a piece of paper and have different numbers and they can send you a referral, but the referrals don't really make much sense to me because I'm telling you who to call, but we still do it. Don't get me wrong. We still do it. But ultimately we want to build a personal relationship. And the way we do it is we try to build not necessarily like a friendship in the typical sense, but we want to understand and meet with them in person, see how they behave with their family, how they treat the waitress if we're at a restaurant, how they treat us, because ultimately that character and that integrity that you identify in that person, it's the only thing that's going to matter at the end of the day. Because when things are going well, then no one's really asking questions or no one really cares. But when things go wrong, that's when the team needs to be have character and it needs to be capable of, of performing. And to be honest, if you do the basic stuff right, then you, you're going to have all these teams that are people that are capable and capable teams with good experience and everything else. So at that point, who do you partner up with? Well, you need to do business with people that you like and trust, right? They might be super experienced, super capable. They have the best and, and biggest team in, in the world, but 
you just don't like the guy. You don't want, you don't like talking to them. You don't like communicating to them. Well, then that's probably not going to be a healthy relationship. So yeah, I guess that's the long answer to tell you how we think about, you know, building our partnerships and creating these teams that ultimately allow us to have this deal for ourselves and our investors. Yeah, it would be nice if there were just a concrete way to vet these sponsors, but it's more art than it is science. And Yes, uh, yes. and we have a checklist of a bunch of sure. stuff. And my partner really, that's my partner's area of expertise. And he built this, you know, long checklist and questions that he asked and this and that. But again, that's more like the on paper stuff that you have to go through. Right. But bottom line, it's how do you feel about the person? And those are very important considerations as well. Well, Lennon, I'm sure our viewers and listeners would like to connect with you in different ways. So tell us how they can do that. Yes, definitely. Well, I'm on social media all over the place. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm more active on Instagram than anywhere else. But And I have a name that's not that typical. So Lennon Lee, you'll find me. You just put Lennon Lee Real Estate or Lennon Lee Multifamily or Lennon Lee Passivo, and you'll find us. If not, then you can always go directly to our website which is Passivo, just like passive, but with an O at the end, PassivoREI.com. Or send me an email, Lennon at PassivoREI.com as well. Alrighty. And Lennon also has a free ebook at PassivoREI.com forward slash dream. So if you're yes. interested in that, and we will have this information in our call notes. Well, Lennon, share with us one of your most difficult setbacks in life. How did you come through that time? And what did you learn from that experience? Well, yeah, just one major one. It was my divorce. I was married for five years to a beautiful woman. We're still great friends and love each other and everything, just not romantically anymore. And that was definitely a big setback, a big challenge because obviously when you get married you just like in a partnership right? if you get married you believe it's gonna, you're going to be successful and you're going to achieve the goals whatever goals you had going into this partnership and it just happens that it didn't work at least not long term right like like planned so you just have to adjust you have to and these are the lessons that i learned adjust or give yourself because in a partnership there's no such thing as you are at fault and I didn't do anything. There's always some responsibility on both sides. And I understood that I had to take responsibility for everything in my life because that would be the only way that I would be happy. If I don't do it, if I don't take responsibility for everything, everything, I'm talking everything that happens in my life, then I basically don't have control over those things. So if I don't have control over those things, then how can I be happy and be at ease with what's going on. So a bunch of other lessons learned, but I would say that's the biggest one. Yes, divorces are difficult no matter what and no matter how congenial they may be. Yes. They're still a painful thing to go through. Well, imagine that you have come to the end of your life and as you lay on your deathbed, what will you look back on with your greatest sense of joy and satisfaction? It's my family. To my family and to all the support and trust that they've put on me to allow me not only to lead them in terms of, well, managing their family's affairs and money and everything else, but more importantly, how supportive they've always been with me to live my life in the moment and really enjoy 
them and with them today versus trying to always look into the future and accumulate wealth for the next generation, which is important. But, you know, not only think about that, but just being present. I've learned that most people in their deathbed, their biggest regret is not having done a bunch of stuff because they, well, now I'm going to save money to live for later and this and that. And that, that's what we don't have more of, right? Time. So yeah, just appreciate that. Well, Lennon, it has been a pleasure being with you today and a joy getting to know you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our effort to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com.